Preparing for Marriage. In this series, I'm going to share some things that I've learned about marriage from my own experiences and failures and successes, as well as those friends whose marriages I've observed over the years. It's not my intent to provide a how-to manual for marriage, rather to get the listener to think and seek the Lord for the answers to their own questions. But there's a lot of basics that I think can really help somebody if they're preparing to get married, if they think about these things and discuss them with their soon-to-be spouses. So if anyone is considering marriage, take into consideration those things that destroy marriages across the board before entering into the marriage covenant. And these things are pretty consistent in marital problems that lead to divorce, but are by no means the only problems with marriages. There's a bunch of them, but I'm going to hit on some big ones. But first, the most important thing is, are you a child of God through faith in Jesus? Do you know the Lord? Are you hearing from Him? Are you led by the Holy Spirit? That's the key. And many people, they'll say, well, yeah, 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 I am. And in fact, they're not. They are led by their flesh, their own desires, their own thinking, their own understanding. And this is important. A child of God has a huge advantage over someone who is not a child of God. At my 20-year class reunion toward the end of the night, all of us who had dated in high school and gotten married shortly thereafter ended up at one big table, and there was probably about 10 couples. We all had three things in common. We were all married young. We were all believers at that time, and we didn't drink a lot. Most of us didn't drink at all. I didn't. And many of our other friends that we grew up with, they were there as well, and, and there were a bunch of them that were divorced and or alcoholics or just a mess. Good people, we loved them, but we're watching them just going, oh man, look at them. They had lived their lives according to their own understanding. They didn't have God in the picture, and they suffered. And this was sad because we love these people. These are our good friends. But on the other hand, those of us who were believers, our families were fine. Our marriages were good. Life was good. And as a result, our conversation at that event really was eye-opening. It's like, look at all these people that we know really well, and look at how many of them crashed and burned in marriage. So looking at some issues that really affect marriages, finances, number one, how well do you manage your money? Proverbs 22, 7, the rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is a slave to the lender. So a borrower is a slave to the lender. The lender owns you, basically. That's the way I've always looked at finances, even before I was a believer. I don't like owing people money. And in our world, that's just kind of how it goes. But minimizing that tends to make things a lot better. But things to ask yourself, do you have a steady savings account? And have you had it for a few years and you're continually building it up or do you blow all your money on stupid stuff? Are you financially prepared to be married? Do you have debt? What's your credit score? And as a side note, your credit score factors into a lot of areas that have nothing to do with finances, like auto insurance, for example. If you have really high credit score, the cost of your auto insurance is going to be less. If you have a really lousy credit score, that shows you're irresponsible. Also for job applications, if you have a really bad credit score, a potential employer is going to look at these things. You know, do you have expensive hobbies that you blow a lot of money on? Are you willing to give those up? Money management is a serious factor in marriages, so hammer that one out. Your sexual perspective. Ephesians 5.5, 5, for you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that's an idolater, has no inheritance with the kingdom of Christ and God. So what does the sexual relationship mean to you? Is your sexual perspective consistent with your future spouse? Are you a pervert? Do you stare at every attractive person thinking about having sex with them? Do you look at porn? Do you understand the concept of intimacy between spouses and how sex can build that intimacy or tear it down? Are you willing to be transparent with your spouse regarding your sexual desires? Do you understand that your spouse's sexual needs will likely be very different from yours? And are you okay with this? Another area is love. 
Lamentations 3.22. The steadfast love of God never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. And that's the way we should be. So what does love mean to you? Is your love biblical? Meaning, is it sacrificial? In other words, you give and don't demand in return. Is it unconditional? There's no strings attached. Are you willing to love your spouse even when they're getting on your nerves? Are you willing to overlook things that are not good in your mind, but good in your spouse's mind for the sake of maintaining that love? Respect. 1 Peter 3.15, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. I once worked with a guy that didn't respect anyone. It was really a pain. One day I blew my stack and I went off on him. And then I went to my boss later on and I'm trying to figure out how can I work with this guy. And my boss said something I will never forget. He said, a person with no self-respect cannot respect others. And I've noticed in our culture today that self-respect is declining, being replaced with pride or apathy or whatever. It's as if shame is better than self-respect. We like to shame ourselves. We like to do things that are shameful. And if you're a person that does not respect others, how are you going to respect your spouse? Can you respect others even when you don't understand their point of view? Can you maintain your cool when your credit card bill comes in and there's unexpected charges on it? Are you going to be able to respect your spouse regardless of the fact that they may irritate you? That's a big one. Communication, Matthew 5, 37. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. How well do you communicate with people? Are you honest in your communication? Or do you tend to BS your way through everything? Can you articulate your feelings in a way that is accurate and reasonable? Communication is huge. We have to be able to communicate with our spouses. And if we are unable to communicate at the beginning, it's going to do nothing but cause problems. Marital roles. Colossians 3.18. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. What's your idea of marital roles or the structure of the home? The biblical view is the man is head over the woman, meaning the man shoulders the responsibility to provide, protect, guide, and care for the family. The woman submits to the man's authority as is fitting in the Lord and allows the man to lead. Do you believe this or not? Are you ready to assume your role or do you want to redefine your role the way you want it? Those are things that you need to communicate with your potential spouse because they may have a completely different expectation. What about children? Psalm 127 verse 3, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, and the fruit of the womb a reward, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Do you want kids? When? How many? Are you ready to learn how to be a parent beforehand and prepare for a family, or are you just going to do nothing in preparation and see what happens? These are big things. And typically, when you're discussing these things with your future spouse, you're going to find that the expectations are different, and that can be problematic. It's not a game breaker, but just being on the same page and saying, hey, we don't agree on kids yet. Okay, well, are we still willing to pull the trigger on this marriage, even though you don't want kids, but I do? It's that kind of thing. Things to think about. Overall expectations. What are your expectations for your spouse? Do you have them all defined, and are you willing to discuss them prior to getting serious with a person? Can you articulate your general expectations for your future spouse? I expect this, 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 this. This is what I believe a marriage should look like. It's not like you're laying down the rules. You're just saying, this is, in my mind, what I think. 
And if they give you their expectations, are you willing to go, oh, okay, yeah, well, I can deal with that. What happens if, hey, I expect you to do this? You're like, I'm not doing that. There ain't no way. How are you going to deal with that? What are you going to do? Things to think about before you get married. In all these things, the time to discuss them is not a week before the wedding. It's not even before your marriage counseling. It's before you even get engaged. You may find that the person you want to marry has totally opposite views on everything and is really not willing to budge on any of them. Do you really want to marry someone like this? Do your homework. Watch the way that the man treats his mom, ladies. He will likely treat his wife the same. And for men, watch what the wife honors in her father. That is something she's likely going to expect you to do. So you learn them first. You learn how they treat their parents. You learn the things that they like, the things that they don't like. You learn the way they treat people. All these things, these observations, just remember that's coming into the marriage. All of these things. What about in-laws? You're going to marry a person and you hate the person's parents. Is that going to be an issue? Don't sell yourself short and don't be in a hurry. For the child of God... Get older believers in your corner and have them pray for you while you yourself are praying, seeking the Lord on this decision. And if God says no, then it's no. And if it's evident that God says no, then your answer is no. If it doesn't work out and you're wondering why, God might see something that you don't. And are you willing to trust God in this area? He knows best. I was in a conversation a few months ago with a few pastors, and they were talking about purchasing a building for their new church. And everything was set, the time was coming to an end, and the deal was going to go down, and the seller suddenly changed their mind and pulled the rug out from under him, sold it to somebody else. And the pastor was like, what? What's going on with this, you know? And But he knew that God was in it and that it would work out. Three months later, the roof of the building caved in, and God saw what they didn't. And as a result, they didn't have to deal with that mess. Where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Premarital counseling, or marriage mentoring as I prefer it to call it, it's a great way to get perspective on marriage. And having a few seasoned couples in your circle can be a huge blessing because we need good mentors in our lives. We can't do this stuff right all the time. We don't know. There's no real book on how do I get up in the morning to be married. You got the scriptures for the principles. You got the Holy Spirit to guide you. That's huge. But still, there's a learning curve. And sometimes that learning curve can be pretty steep. And good marriage mentors are worth their weight in gold. My wife and I do this when I'm doing a wedding and doing this mentoring. We'll bring a couple into our house for about two months, once a week, and we'll have dinner, and we'll talk on topics that I'm aware of that really challenge couples. And some marriage counselors use books. I wrote my own. Basically, it's not a book, but it's basically, it's a short and sweet version of these things really cause problems in marriage. So we talk about these things. I think a lot of the books that are out there are overly complicated and wordy, whereas a simple question like, hey, are you responsible with money? That often gets the point across and opens up the conversation for discussing finances. I don't need three pages of questions to understand if the person can handle money. Just say, hey, dude, can you handle money? Do you have money in the bank? So couples preparing for marriage should consider seeking out those people who have good marriages and a solid relationship with the Lord and start meeting with them and learn from them, and talk about those things that you've learned together. And then keep meeting with them on occasion after the wedding, and they can be a huge blessing. And if you're not a believer, and really have no sincere relationship with God, then at least start praying. See if that relationship will come around. God meets people where they are, and will lead you despite your lack of faith. He will prove himself to you. So at least give him the benefit of the doubt, and watch what happens. He loves you just as much as anybody else. You need to remember that. So prepping for marriage, make sure you are ironing out as many things as you can before the marriage and you are learning as much about your future spouse as you can. 
You don't want any surprises and you're going to get them. But minimizing those surprises is going to help you have a good marriage. And if God's in your marriage and guiding you and leading you and your spouse, then you got a good shot to be blessed. Thank you.